your state, your team, your show. This is Sports Nightly. Snap back to Adrian. Fakes a handoff. Keeps himself. Adrian goes. 30, 25, 20, 15. Cuts back at the 10, 5. Touchdown, Nebraska. Adrian Martinez from 41 yards out. Huskers within a PAT of tie in this game. All right, let's go. Sports Nightly is presented by the NDOT Highway Safety Office, who reminds you to buckle up and put the phone down. Now, let's check the pulse of Husker Nation with your hosts, Greg Sharp and Tim Curran. Here we are, another week. We're back. Glad you've decided to spend a little bit of your time with us today. What a gorgeous weekend, right? I mean, the sun was out. Huskers are winning national championships. I mean, come on. Can't get much better than that. And a tip of the cap, kudos to the Husker bowling squad. Nailing down their sixth national championship Saturday night, beating the Red Wolves of Arkansas State. We're going to have Coach Klempa on with us tomorrow night here on the program. Looking forward to chatting with him about a pretty miraculous run. I'll let him talk more about it tomorrow night. Uh, how this team that really I don't know that was really thought of to be a real threat to win it all, how they pulled it all off. It's going to be fun to talk to him about it coming up uh, on the program tomorrow night. Here we have tonight where the head football coach met with the media today after practice. They had a big scrimmage on Friday. He will recap that for us coming up in a few minutes on our JTEC practice report for the night. Hour number two, Monday's baseball show. Will Bolt will be here. We're talking about another series win over the weekend for the Big Red in front of some terrific crowds out at Haymarket Park. Oscars take two out of three from Maryland. Remain in first place by a half a game over Michigan. Uh, so another week of carrying the the lead banner in the conference. So the head coach will be here from uh, hour number two to take calls, questions, comments about Husker baseball. So get your thoughts ready for him in the uh, second hour of the program. Tim will have our weekend rewind and look back at a busy sports weekend, including some Husker sports mixed in there as well. We'll have our weekend winners at the end of the hour as well. Our phone numbers, if you want to be a part of it, and it is your show, 531-500-4686. You can either fire off a comment or question or a text all that utilizing our sports highly hotline brought to you by the woodhouse auto family bringing you more choices in brands locations and service experience the difference purchase with confidence this is woodhouse so huskers practiced on friday did not practice over the weekend and went at it again today friday they did about 125 play scrimmage and the coach when we'll get to this a little bit later talked a lot about that he also talked about this Saturday being the open practice with 4,000 folks uh, allowed inside Memorial Stadium to watch it. He said it's just been so long since the fans have been able to see the, get their own eyes on the Huskers that they wanted to make a second practice besides the spring game available for the folks to come in. And, Tim, I love this idea. We talked a little bit about it on Thursday when it came out, but I love the fact that they're going to swing the gates open and you know, they're going to limit it because they don't want just, you know, thousands and thousands of people pouring in there. They would if they could. They're going to limit it to 4,000 folks. But I love this idea for this coming Saturday. Yeah, I mean, this is a fantastic idea for sure. And, you know, it's starting to feel like, and, of course, you always are nervous when, when, you, when you say this, but it does finally feel like for the first time in a long time you're getting some sense of, 
of normalcy. I mean, they're having um, kind of open media. Well, I wouldn't say open, but they're having regular media availabilities in person again for the first time in forever. And, you know, the, Nebraska wouldn't have to do that. They could have kept it all via Zoom. They could have played it ex- extremely safe. But uh, they're slowly, you know, letting people kind of poke their heads out again and kind of see this team in person. And the fans deserve it. I mean, you know, Scott talked about having to play, and the players mentioned this as well, playing that entire 2020 season in front of no one but just uh, family members and, and, and some friends. And, you know, to play in kind of an eerie – and you were there, Greg. You knew how eerie it was when there's no one – literally no one else, uh, no fans at all essentially in the stands. It, it was kind of a, an alienating f- feeling. In college football especially, it just it is not the same. It just is not the same. Really, neither – no sporting event is the same without fans, but, but especially college football. And so this is going to be the first time in a long, long time that people are because because of course you didn't get the spring game uh, last year either. Um, you'll actually get an open practice, be able to see the team in person. Uh, it's a fantastic idea, and I'm I'm really glad that Nebraska has given people this opportunity. And yeah, it, it's long overdue. Uh, you realize that they've they've had to play it for, safe for a reason. But the idea that Nebraska fans finally get a chance to look at this team, it, it's pretty exciting. Tim, you've you've been out to the the media scrums. I, I think you made it out last week. How different is that? than the Zoom press conferences we've had for now 13 months. Yeah, it is different. I mean, the, the Zoom conferences have been nice. I mean, it's it's always great when you get availability. I mean, media folks will tell you whenever you get to have any type of availability at all, uh, you're over the moon excited. But actually being, uh, you know, you're underneath Memorial Stadium, kind of in that concourse just off the red uh, walk uh, if you will, the red carpet, which is which is great, uh, and they they bring in you know several. It's a little bit like drinking from a fire hose because you might have a couple coaches and a handful of players, and you're kind of running around a little bit. Uh, but that's not a bad thing. It's always great to have um, availabilities, but it's it's also just great to see everyone again you know everyone's got masks on so that's obviously a little bit different but you're actually you know of course socially distant you're not allowed to be up in you know coach's grill while while you're asking questions they they have everyone uh, pretty appropriately spaced out so it's a little bit different but it is really nice to just be physically among other people (laughs) which you know i think anyone can appreciate given that we've had to spend the majority of 2020 and beyond uh isolated so it's it's just nice to be able to kind of be out and about again and it's great that nebraska's given the media uh this opportunity because i'm sure it makes things easier for the athletic staff as well it's 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 pretty difficult to try and you know do those remote zoom sessions the way they've been doing them um as as high quality as they've been uh so it's really nice that they actually you know have, have opened things up a little bit and you actually get to ask these guys questions in person because the dynamics a little bit different it's easier to you know sometimes zoom there's delays there's we've had it we ran some issues with that last year where there's you know those awkward you know pauses and stuff like that and also zoom i think is just draining in general we have plenty of zoom meetings still they're they're convenient but um you know i i think it's it's much more ideal to finally be in person and and i'm i'm absolutely fine with that i'm glad that they're uh, that they're finally doing that yeah and, and you echo what I, i've asked several different folks over the last week or so what it feels like and they say the same thing it's just great to be out among people again but to see the body language of the person you're interviewing you don't have to wait to be called on necessarily you just kind of get your question in and they look at you and you ask the question so yeah i think you get a lot more in it you get a lot more in a 10 minute in-person presser like that than you would 10 minutes over the zoom because you don't have to wait for a keith man or somebody to go all right let's go to a park Parker Gabriel now, the Lincoln Journal star, and then the question gets asked. You, you get more, I think you get more information out of it, and we got a lot to cover with the coach coming up here in a little bit. Looking forward to doing that because he touched on some of the things that I'm really 
fired up and interested about this football team, like running backs, how do the backup quarterbacks look. He covered a lot of that today at the presser. We're going to get into that here in just a few minutes. Well, Husker baseball continues to roll along, gets two out of three from a really talented Maryland team. And I know the guys were upset by not taking the middle game of that series when they blew the 5-1 lead and lost 10-7 on Saturday. But I think that added a little extra motivation to them for the Sunday game because they came back and just hammered Maryland 14-3. Uh, Mondays, Tim, are the days that the national polls come out. Nebraska still not making appearances in some of the prominent polls, and some you could sit there and say, "Well, who cares?" Well, college baseball a little different than the other sports, where the the, the national writers and the people that put those polls out they have a little bit more weight when it comes to selecting the tournament teams at the end of the season in late May. Um, I guess a little frustrated that Nebraska's not in there. I mean, we've been in first place for a couple of weeks now in the Big Ten and can't can't crack the top 25. Yeah, and there's, there's of course, a lot of games left to be played. But, it, you know, I, I think, frankly, it is a cause for concern. And obviously nothing on Nebraska's part. They've done all they can and more, quite frankly. I mean, we uh, I remember talking about this with, with Josh uh, before the season started. Nebraska was not picked in that top six in the Big Ten preseason poll. And, you know, my take on that was, you know, I think that was kind of a little bit, uh, I don't know if I want to say disrespectful because at a certain point, Nebraska, you know, just hadn't hadn't shown it yet. But, uh, you know, the, the idea that Nebraska was undervalued before the season started is obviously now true. And now not only is Nebraska on a roll, they're still not getting any national recognition as the Big Ten has always struggled to get. Uh, the, the Big Ten, of course, with Michigan having been in the CWS, not last year because obviously the CWS didn't play, but the year before they made it. And so you thought that that might get the Big Ten some more respect. Well, apparently it's only given Michigan respect because they've been ranked in the top 25 for a while. And uh, even after they racked up loss after loss and even after they fell out of first place, they were still somehow ranked in that top 25. So I'm not really sure if people are just overlooking Nebraska. They think the Huskers are overrated. They think what? They, they need to show more. Um, I mean, there's only a handful of series left. You have um, you know, a six-game road stand coming up, so that'll be a test. Penn State, Michigan State. Then after that, you have Rutgers. You have Indiana, Northwestern, Ohio State, Michigan. So yeah, Nebraska still has to prove it against all that competition, and they're not un- unfortunately going to face the Wolverines until that final uh, week there in, in May. So I, I don't know. I don't know know what else Nebraska needs to show but frankly I, I think you're right this is kind of just national writers national media types overlooking the Big Ten again and maybe they just either don't know or, or don't care uh, or, or just to, to, to put Nebraska in the top 25 I don't know what else Nebraska would have to do to show that they deserve it to be there I mean they they ripped the cover off the ball that front end of the rotation is, is fantastic I mean Chase Shanneman on, on Sunday pitched over six innings and had 11 strikeouts a career high uh, the, the rip I mean it's, it's just it's been incredible to watch this team and I, I don't know what they have to do to be ranked the top 25 but it seems to me they've done enough and they, they probably deserve to be to be in that conversation but at the very least Glad you mentioned Shanneman because he had a really rocky start at, at Champaign last week, but boy, did he bounce back yesterday. He had total control of that game when he exited in the seventh inning. We'll talk a lot more about Husker baseball with the head coach during hour number two. It's our baseball show for the week, and so we'll have that. Uh, the season when the Huskers, they go to Penn State this weekend for three games. When they finish the Friday night game, 
That will mark the 50% point of the season. That will be game 22 of a 44-game schedule. Huskers, knock on wood, haven't lost any games to weather or COVID issues to this point in time. Uh, So game 22 would be the Friday game at uh, State College. That's an early start, by the way, 5 o'clock Central, 6 o'clock in the Eastern time zone. It's a little earlier start for Husker baseball for us back here in the Midwest. But uh, looking forward to having the coach on with us tonight. Husker Volleyball did transition from Lincoln to Omaha today to enter the NCAA bubble. The tournament gets underway on Wednesday. Huskers will play Thursday. They get the winner of Wednesday's Texas State-Utah Valley match. Nebraska will play at 2.30 on Thursday. Our network coverage will begin at 2 o'clock for Husker Volleyball with John Bader and Lauren Cook. Time for us to launch into tonight's football practice report. Every practice. We're going to work on it every single day until these guys master it. All season long. There's nothing better as an athlete than being part of something that's bigger than just yourself. And I think these guys are starting to feel that and we'll keep building it. It's time for a Husker football practice report on Sports Nightly. And our report brought to you by JTech Construction. JTech Construction, the official exterior experts of the Huskers. Well, the guys went through a over a hundred play scrimmage on Friday, and then took the weekend off back at it today. And today was a scheduled day for the head coach to meet with the media. We're almost at the midway point of spring football practice, and it got uh, the first question out of the gate was, "How did things go on Friday during the scrimmage?" Uh, it was a good spring scrimmage. I was really impressed with how the guys came out with intensity and, and excitement, enthusiasm to to play. Um, there's some some stuff we got to clean up. Um, but that's kind of natural this time of year. As long as the guys give us the effort that we're asking for, it's up to us to, as coaches to fix the rest of it. And uh, there's some really good things that happen on both sides of the ball. A lot of young guys got a lot of reps. Um, always good to get some live tackling in. Uh, I think we came out of it pretty healthy. So overall, it was successful. Sounded fairly encouraging, didn't he? Yeah, I think so. And and that was the first, well, I don't know if it's the first time, but uh, I think that the coaches and the players overall were pretty pleased with the kind of effort and intensity they saw. You kept on hearing the word speed mentioned over and over again uh, during the availability. And I think that's good to see. Now, of course, the fans do get tired sometimes of hearing how well that uh, the team practices. But, you know, it's better than hearing, you know, oh, the guys just kind of loafed around and, and shuffled around. No, I mean, it's good to see that there's there's intensity. There's, you know, they're moving with a purpose. They've got drive. They've got motivation. And I think that's something even Garrett Nelson uh, brought up himself. But it, it's good to see that, that the guys are out there competing. I mean, I think you have to enter in that mentality of, you know, nothing is guaranteed. Now, of course, is Adrian Martinez going to be the starter at quarterback uh, this fall? Almost 100%. Sure he is. But if you enter in with the mentality of I have to fight for my spot, you're, you're going to get a lot of competition in spring. And that's the fun part of the spring is guys like, you know, walk-ons and, and other people who are kind of on the margins, uh, they, they have a chance to prove themselves. So it looks like, or at least it sounds like, uh, guys are getting after it and, and competing. So that's, that's good to hear. Well, Tim, one of the, the, the position group that I'm, I'm probably the most interested in is a running backs group. And the coach was quickly asked about the competition at that spot. Yeah, reps are valuable. You know, there's competition going on every position. Running back's uh, one of the spots where we're looking for the, the guy to step up and take control of it. Um, some guys have been out, so that's given other guys an opportunity to do well. Uh, was really impressed with Gabe Irvin in the scrimmage. Uh, Jock Ant did some good things. Um, 
So while some of these guys are, are nursing a, some injuries, uh, it's, it's given some other guys the opportunity to make some plays. To recap for everybody, the guy that is out is Marquis Steps. Got a foot problem that uh, they didn't really know about when he transferred from USC, so he's not going to be competing during the spring. Should be back by June and get the full summer conditioning workouts. But it's the second or third time we've heard the name Gabe Irvin who, that has popped up, the true freshman from Georgia who uh, won a state championship at his high school in the fall and was an early entry to Nebraska. And then Jacquez Yant is a former is a walk-on from the state of Florida um, who's opened some eyes. He was a three-star athlete a year ago, and he's getting some chances with some guys like Step that are injured and out. But the coach was pressed a little bit more on what Gabe Irvin is doing to catch his eyes. Yeah, I give Coach Fisher a credit uh, for getting him here. He went, they went to the same high school uh, in Tallahassee, and, and Jock had some opportunities and some offers and uh, didn't look like he was going to qualify academically, and he did a lot of work at the end and uh, to get eligible and, and decided to walk on up here, and uh, he's doing a great job. So uh, he's a, a great addition to our team and, and a guy that if he keeps on the track he's on, I don't, don't expect him to be a walk-on for his whole career. That was a coach talking about Jacques Yant, again, a, a, a walk-on from the North Florida who's been here a year, was a three-star athlete, but just didn't like the offers that he had, and Coach Fisher having the connection to that high school got him to come here. And th- that's the thing, Tim. Sometimes if, if some guys can't go because of injuries or whatever, somebody else is, is chopping at the bit to take over that spot, and it sounds like Yant and Irvin are two young guys in that room that are grabbing grabbing a hold of that thing. Yeah, and sometimes in the spring it's 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 hard to tell uh, who just has kind of that buzz around them because there's a lot of media interest and fan interest because if you ask a coach about, you know, such and such player and they're willing to give you a sound bite, you're, you'll barely really hear, oh, how is, you know, Gabe Irvin doing and coach isn't going to fire back. Oh, he's, he's pretty miserable. He's not going to say that. But uh, there is, there is, you know, I think plenty of opportunity for, uh, you know, all over the field at the skill positions, at wide receiver, and especially at running back for someone to take hold, especially with step out and injured. That's obviously a huge disappointment for Husker fans. They wanted to see him early on. They obviously won't be able to see him this spring. And so guys like Gabe Irvin uh, and others, uh, you're, you're, they're going to be able to make an impact in the spring. Now, whether or not that's going to translate over to the fall, it doesn't always. Um, but that being said, I think there's, there's room to be optimistic. I, I think that there's I think there's a chance for these guys to, to really make their mark. There is every spring, but I, I think this spring most especially, there, there's going to be plenty of opportunity for those guys. Yeah, sure wish Step was there. I, I was excited to see him. I think that is a bit of a setback. There's a guy that has proven he can do it at the uh, Power 5 level with the, what he, the numbers he put up at USC. But the good news is he should be back in plenty of time for the opener at Illinois in August. Well, Tim and I talked about the open practice, which is coming up this Saturday afternoon at Memorial Stadium. This is the first time the media's had a chance to ask the coach about flinging the doors open for 4,000 folks to walk in on Saturday. Here were his thoughts. Well, there's a lot that went into it. I'm sure you're smart enough to figure out some of the reasons for it. Um, but also, you know, our fans haven't been in the stadium watching us uh, in over a year. Um, so it's always great to, to get some people in Memorial Stadium to see us. I uh, think it's a good change up for us as a team to go out on Saturday instead of a Friday morning. Um, anxious to, to have some people see what we're doing. We'll probably be a little bit vanilla on Saturday and, and not show a whole lot. But I think it'll give uh, some people a glimpse into what a whole practice looks like. The other reasons that he alluded to, Tim, I believe, has to deal with that 
perspective student athletes can also attend this if you let the general public in you got to let them in too so here's a chance to showcase their program for some people so smart with we've been in this dead period for like a month a year where they can't mm-hmm. get kids on campus here's a chance to do that right and nebraska's a school that will bring basketball recruits to football games uh even the spring game that's just because it's the environment that, that lincoln is and when it's really rocking uh it, it's it's really infectious i mean it, it's there there are not a whole lot of campuses environments like lincoln uh especially for a program that you know has faltered in 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 recent years uh but but that game day environment it's such a huge pull i mean how many programs out there you can probably count on one hand the amount out there uh with a fan dedication is as you know feverish you know as it is here and and that's that's a really big selling point and the idea that you're going to get thousands of fans show up to a practice uh is literally unthinkable at like 99 percent of the program's around the country so nebraska fans are, are still really passionate um there's obviously a whole lot of interest still around spring football um and, and it's that's a good thing i think that frost has has still um you know able is able to generate a lot of excitement uh just because of all the talent he's brought in i mean here we here we are getting giddy talking about walk-ons and running backs and and new additions to the wide receiver room and what the secondary is going to look like i mean there's all this stuff that has fans excited and i and i think for good reason yeah every once in a while fans get carried away with with spring X expectations uh the fall is going to be a lot different there's a lot of months in between uh there's still fall camp to go through there's still the spring game to be played uh we haven't had a whole lot of opportunities to take a look at these guys i was at that open practice and 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 they looked like they're getting after it um you know they also had some catchy music that that helped uh they (laughs) they were playing the tunes that that was fun as well but um you know these the the players just just in what i've what i've seen uh what i've interacted with them i mean it, it seems like everyone's pretty excited and 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 that's that's a that's a good thing to good thing to have no doubt. And a lot of schools, a 4,000-person cap for Nebraska, 4,000 would be a really good crowd for a lot of school spring games. So yeah. uh, th- th- this will be a great dress rehearsal for the one on, on May the 1st. Okay, back to the scrimmage, um, which was a focus of a lot of the questions to the head coach today. How about the quarterbacks? How did Adrian Martinez and the quarterbacks do on Friday? Yeah, I thought the quarterbacks had a good day Friday. Um, Adrian's play is improving. Um, He's doing some good quarterbacking right now. Uh, behind him is going to be interesting, and I and, uh, was really impressed with him Friday. I thought Logan Smothers probably had his best day in Nebraska uh, on Friday. Um, Matt Masker continues to do good things, and it really has control of the offense. And then, um, you know, Harburg's been impressing everybody with his athletic ability and, and just his arm strength. Uh, he's got a long way to go learning it. Uh, but he's working hard at that and doing a good job, and, and his talent defi- definitely shines through um, quite often. So we're going to let those guys com- keep competing, and they're all getting a bunch of reps. So all three of them are getting better. And all those guys will be under the spotlight for the folks that go this week and then the ones that see the May 1st spring game, all of them. That battle for that backup behind Adrian is real critical because if they don't, if they come out of this after May 1st and don't feel like those guys are ready to be a legitimate backup. They may have to go to the transfer portal, so there'll be a lot of interest in what those other quarterbacks do, not only Saturday, but for that May 1st game. All right, we've covered running backs. We've covered wide uh, quarterbacks. What about wide receivers from the scrimmage? Here's the coach. Yeah, I'd have to say it was our best day as a wide receiver core um, since I've been in Nebraska, too, on Friday. Uh, a lot of guys getting reps, and, and there's just a lot of talent at that position. So um, I'm excited about that group. Coach Lubick has done a great job with them. Um, you know, some of the additions we've made with 
Uh, Samari Toure coming in. Uh, he, he made some good plays Friday. Uh, Omar's been back out there and made a couple good plays for us. Xavier had a play. Will Nixon did some good things. Baron Miles did some good things. Uh, Oliver Martin's been exceptional through spring. Uh, Levi and Wyatt are both making plays. Um, I don't want to leave anybody out, but that's as deep a group as we've ever had, and, and there's a lot of talent in that room. So uh, we got to make sure we have time for quarterbacks to throw because I expect guys to be able to get downfield a lot better for us. What do you make of that? clip uh high praise uh, i know uh coach has been picked on a little bit sometimes when you hear the, the expression best ever um that, that is thrown out quite a bit but uh, as i was saying earlier there, there's room to be optimistic about the wide receiver room i mean you, you think a guy like omar manning i know a lot of fans were really disappointed to not to be able to see him last year um and also you bring in a guy like uh, toure who out of montana an fcs guy and is, is looks like he's going to make a pretty much an immediate impact. I know Cam Taylor Britt had high praise for what he's seen out of Toure thus far. Um, there's also a, a bunch of freshman guys like Latrell Neville and, and people that you know might not make an immediate impact in the fall, but will still be able to make an impact. I think in the spring, and uh, you know I, I think it's a position that's again pretty wide open there's going to be a lot of room for competition now sometimes there's depth concerns when you talk about that um but that's what you that's why you have spring ball that's why you have fall ball that's why you have summer workouts that's why you have all that uh to me it just means that you have a lot of opportunities available and lots of guys willing to go out there and prove it so i don't think it's a bad thing i I think that it's it's good to have that opportunity out there and i think that if guys are willing to uh they'll be able to get after it and and improve themselves and i think there's plenty of talent at, at the position Glad you mentioned Neville because, remember, he rattled off a bunch of names, but there are three true freshmen, including Neville, that aren't here, that will be here in June. You got Hardy, you got Neville, and I'm drawing a blank on the third one, but you got three high school wide receivers in this class that will be here in June for summer conditioning. So if this group looks good, you're adding more talent in the summer, and you can get wide receivers up and ready to run, I think, to help you in the fall with the full fall camp and the summer workouts and the seven-on-seven drills that they do. So I I think that, and I said this a week or two ago, I think that group has the potential to be the biggest surprise of the fall for Nebraska football. And I'm including those those freshmen that are coming into the program uh, in June to add to the mix of all the names that Scott Frost just threw out there uh, after the scrimmage on Friday. All right, one last thing, uh, vaccines. You know, the, the state has now opened up vaccines to everybody 16 and up well that includes everybody on the football team and the coach was asked today have you guys had it when are there is there a plan for them to get it here was the coaches talk about vaccinating against COVID-19 we haven't gotten any direction on on vaccinations yet um you know it this is just my opinion but the the kids on our team should probably be last in line for something like that uh just because of how young and healthy they are. Um, I'll wait on, on more advice and from uh, our leadership here at the university and athletic department and from the Big Ten before I comment much. But I, I assume at some point the, the vaccinations will be available for our guys. Um, I, don't, I don't think I'm going to make them mandatory. I don't think that's right. But ho- hopefully we get an opportunity to, to get some of our guys vaccinated if they want to. 
I, I do think, Tim, they can kind of slow play it with the football team because they're not competing right now. I, I, you might want to get some of the athletes that are competing right now some of their shots, right? I mean, maybe the baseball, mm-hmm. the track, the softball, maybe some of them you do. Football, you probably can wait till the spring ball ends May 1st and then go have them get their vaccines if they want it at that point in time. Yeah, I think I think especially by the summer as well and, and certainly before the fall. I mean, I know that uh, I think I saw a headline the other day about you know UNLs opening up vaccines for students, and I think you're in yep. that phase now where everyone who wants a vaccine should be able to get one uh at least by the end of may uh i know that that uh, pba i'm only 25 i just got my vaccine actually over the weekend i am was in the lowest priority group <laughs> that there is uh so i think that those guys if they want a vaccine they'll be able to get it soon and and yeah it's not surprising that the big 10 has i mean of course the big 10 doesn't really lead in anything anymore <laughs> it's not surprising the big 10 hasn't had a directive on this because i'm sure they're letting the states and, and each university come up with their own thing uh i think that's all well and good and i i know these players they'll be able to, to get theirs if they want it pretty soon i would imagine i mean i already got mine and like i said i'm not i am not a priority for anyone so uh they'll, they'll be able to soon and i think what frost has had to say there made a lot of sense but you're right i, I think that certainly by the summer uh they'll be able to have a, a, the vaccine if, if they want it yeah i i don't think it's a problem that they wait till spring ball ends do you i mean that's like three more weeks and then no, say, you know, right after that go i mean they get could get it, it. If, if you want to go get it could have got it like over the weekend i bet you if they wanted to but uh, I, i'm not really sure how how that works i know they're still students i know the university probably has their own vaccine protocol so they could they could potentially get it on campus um and maybe even the athletic department has their own uh procedures as you mentioned uh, you know getting the some of the other sports prioritized over football so yeah i think that however they they figured out but but they'll get it figured out it's just a matter of of when and not really if it's a matter of time right all right, there we go. That's our JTEC practice report. Lots from the coach today following the Friday scrimmage. And a, a lot of topics and stuff we didn't even get to. Talking, about There's going to be some NCAA legislation that should be announced later in the week that's going to allow the one-time transfer rule, which certainly is going to change the landscape of college sports and, and college football as well. He got into some of that topic, but uh, we might save that for another time. Tonight, it's the Nebraska Baseball Show, right here on the Husker Sports Network. Here's the 1-0 pitch. Matthews hits another one well into deep left center field. This one carrying. Aline going back to the wall, and this one does get out of here. Bryce Matthews takes one out of here to straightaway center field, and Nebraska taps on another. It's 5-1. An in-depth look at the Nebraska baseball program. Still fluke comes set, the pitch. Ripped into left center field, racing over as Aline, the center fielder, dives, won't get there. It's going to roll all the way to the wall. Hacker scores, Swanenbach around second, pumping for third. He's in there with a triple, and the Huskers do extend their lead, 8-3. With the head coach, Will Bull. Three and two the count on Bryce Matthews. Two outs in the inning. Zach Thompson's pitch, drill to left field. Tucker Flint going back, looking up, and it is gone. Grand slam. Sponsored in part by your Midwest Ford dealers. Visit online at yourmidwestforddealers.com. Now here's your host of the Nebraska Baseball Radio Show, the voice of the Huskers, Greg Sharp. Thank you. Welcome to our weekly sit-down with the head coach of the Cornhuskers, Will Bolt. If you want to be a part of the program, 531-500-4686. That's the number to call or fire off a text using our U.S. Cellular text line. Proud to be the official wireless sponsor of the Huskers. U.S. Cellular connecting Oscar Nation. Coach, congratulations. Always love getting series wins. And uh, you guys uh, brought it yesterday and punched out a, a nice 14-3 to win over the, the Terps yesterday. 
Yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, it always feels uh, feels good to win those series. Um, just keep keep stacking those week by week win series, and you got a chance to you know to finish where you want to finish in the standings. So I'm uh, glad to be here to talk a little baseball. What uh, what did you make of the weekend? What was kind of your impressions of the three games? Yeah, I mean, I know uh, coming into it, I knew that uh, Maryland was going to have a very talented team. Um, I think we all knew that their Friday starter was going to have a really good fastball. I think it was probably even better than we expected. Um, I, I honestly got to say him just probably having a little extra adrenaline facing a good offense like we have, plus you know having fans in the stands and, and everything else was probably enough to get him a little bit of a um, – adrenaline boost there at least early on but they have a really talented team uh, they're very well coached they have a really tough lineup to navigate and uh, they're a bit like us where one through nine there's guys in the lineup that can hurt you if you make a mistake um, and you know I knew it'd be a, ha- a hard-fought series and uh, I was just glad that our guys came out and played exceptionally well on Sunday when we absolutely needed it you have to like the fact that you got two quality starts against that lineup, Povich on Friday and then Shannon yesterday. Talk about the efforts of those two. Yeah, Povich was really, really good. Um, after, you know, the, the, the Illinois outing where he it certainly wasn't bad by any stretch. He just didn't necessarily have his best stuff. I mean, what makes Cade so great is that even when he doesn't have his best stuff, he's just so competitive and crafty that he can navigate through it. But I thought his stuff was really good on Friday and he really kept him off balance. Um, just, you know, made some really big pitches there to keep the game uh, where it needed to be there in the fourth inning to make, keep it one, one there with the bases loaded and, and allowed our offense to go to work. But thought he pitched like an ace and Shanneman, um just really stepped up. I mean, just pitched, uh, exceptionally well. I thought his fastball, I mean, he was touching 94 early in the game, but he was also holding his velocity probably as well as we've seen it this year. And, you know, the really, I think the difference for him this week too is he's throwing the cutter as well as the slider. And the slider was really good. He threw it for strikes. He, he put some guys away with the slider, but the cutter was just, you know, it's just a little bit of a harder pitch with a little bit different break then it's slider and it just gives him another pitch that people have to worry about. And I just, he had that from the first inning uh, and even mixing some change-ups, um, even though there's only a handful of them. So like he's got to show that to some left-handed hitters just to keep him honest um, off the fastball. So thought he was really good, really competitive, determined, um, and just set a, such a tremendous tone for us uh, on Sunday on the mound. What'd you like better? The 11 strikeouts or the, or zero walks? Well, for him, it's going to be all about the attack and the strike zone and making quality pitches, and his stuff is good enough. If he uses the edges of the plate to set up his you know, breaking ball later in counts, he's going to have a chance to, to really punch a bunch of guys out. And you know, I would say certainly the, walk, the lack of walks is probably what you look for. You want, to, you want to make sure guys are throwing strikes. They've got to be quality strikes, of course, but – uh, that's where he got himself in a little bit of trouble uh, the week before is just getting behind uh, hitters, chasing the count a little bit, and then feeling like he's got to come over the plate. But he was just in total command of the strike zone, of his motions, of his tempo, uh, all of that. He was just he was in total command. You only had eight walks all weekend. That'll play, won't it? 
Yeah, I, you know, walks have not necessarily been a, a big issue for this team. I think we've we've done a pretty good job uh, overall of, of throwing strikes. Where we've gotten ourselves in trouble is just what I spoke to, is just sometimes chasing the count a little bit. Uh, honestly, probably throwing too many balls over the, the big part of the plate um, when we're ahead in the count and, and not using the edges to our advantage and, and bouncing breaking balls with two strikes at times. I mean, we, we've we've really done a pretty good job as a staff of throwing strikes, um, and we've been good uh, for most of the year. Just a few of the games where some of it has gotten away from us. You know, we get tagged with the extra base hit or the home run. You know, usually it's not necessarily chasing the count. It's just using, you know, too much of the plate even when we're ahead in the count. Let's go to our first question via text from Eric in Lincoln. What kind of offseason – did Joe Acker have? He is emerging as an all Big Ten caliber player. The guy just hits and gets on base for you. Well, what he had was a, a pretty interesting one, just like all of us. Um, there was a, a moment there where he was trying to consider really what he wanted to do um, as far as, you know, coming back and playing or not or just finishing his degree. And um, ultimately, he made the decision, uh, thankfully for us. Uh, to, to come back and play uh, another year felt like he had some unfinished business, but he actually had knee surgery uh, in the off season as well. So he, he had to work extremely hard to come back from an off season knee surgery, um, you know, had a rehab. Uh, we've really tried to, you know, take it slow with him at times in practice, just with some of the base running and, and those type of things, just to keep him fresh. I mean, he is an old man now, um, 23 years old so we've got to we got to make sure we, we take care of those old guys uh but no he is a just a i mean everything that you'd want somebody to represent your program joe acker is that i mean just a absolute great student um great in the community a great teammate of course one of our captains and he just worked hard and and just continued to totally buy into his role and doing whatever it takes to help the team win how much can the leadoff guy to the game set the tone for him, the entire team? Is that overdone, or is that is that something? Is there something to that? No, I think there's absolutely something to that, and and it's not to say that if there's a bad at bat at the start of the game that it's going to just ruin the entire outlook for your offense. That that's definitely not the case. But what it can do is just set a really good tone uh, for your offense, and you know, what Joe's typically able to do is he's going to see five or six pitches his first at bat and has a lot of information he can come back and talk, talk to the dugout about. Uh, but he just does such a good job of staying committed to the approach. I mean, how many times he started a game with a 3-2 win? And, and we've talked about that as something that we really keep track of is how well we're, well we're competing at the plate is, is winning those 3-2 counts. And him starting games like that, winning three, two counts, whether it be getting a hit or a hit by pitch or a walk there in that spot, just sets such a good competitive tone for our team. Jackson Hallmark uh, had a slow Friday, but, boy, he really got his offense cranked up. He he is so creative with his at-bats, whether it's putting down a bunt. When he gets on base, he had several stolen bases this weekend. How big of, a, how big of an influence is, is a Hallmark on this baseball team? Well, I would say he's he's our spark plug. Um, he's a guy that just brings the energy every day, loves to play, loves to compete, uh, loves the Huskers, loves his teammates. I mean, I, I could just go on and on. Jackson is just one of those guys that you just never have to question what his intentions are ever. He just 
he shows up ready to go every day. And that really helps set the tone for our team and our mentality. Um, you know, and, and maybe on the stat sheet, they didn't have much to show for on Friday, but boy, that 11 pitch at bat in the first inning, speaking of uh, setting a competitive tone there, um, Acker hits a two strike double. Um, and, and Hallmark has a an 11 pitch at bat to move him over to third base. I mean, that was, that epitomizes to me what Jackson's capable of doing uh, when he's locked in. And you gave him the ball for an inning plus on Saturday. Yeah, and that's something we knew going into the year that we wanted to use him. Um, uh, we just haven't necessarily – we haven't had the four-game weekends here of late to, to, to do that like we did the first two weekends. Um, but we definitely wanted to use him this weekend. Um, he did throw live this week and and look good, and, and we feel like he can, he's a guy that can come give us an inning. We probably didn't do him or our team any favors by – uh, putting him back out there for that second inning. Uh, but, you know, I think for one inning, uh, typically maybe four outs, he's a guy that can just come pour it all out there and, and give us a, a really competitive uh, look on the mound. Jake Munns, who's been your four starter, and as you mentioned, you haven't had a four-game weekend for a while. You won't have for a couple more weeks. You, you'll get a couple of those in May. But you've been able to use him twice on some of these weekends. Comfortable with that with him? Very much so, uh, and he's really uh, embraced the the role as kind of a late inning stopper type, um, and just what he gives you there is a. I mean, he's ninety three, ninety four out of the bullpen um, and short stints for pretty much all of his all of his fastballs, and the fastball already plays up, um, but he's got that extra adrenaline and extra uh, just just what he's got behind his pitches at the late in the game. Um, he can just feel like he can go a little bit more max effort there. So he gives you a guy that can get a punch out and get you off the field um, in a big spot and which he did on Sunday, of course, there in that seventh inning. But <clears throat> we've seen the breaking ball really play up as well for him out of the pen. I mean, he was really a lot of fastball attack, even as a starter, because the, the secondary stuff was just a little soft at times. Um, what we've seen is that that breaking ball's really played up out of the bullpen, um, he's really embraced that role as just kind of that, that guy that comes out huffing and puffing out of the bullpen and, and just uh, just getting fired up on the mound. Well, the, the bats have been so good. Bryce Matthews had himself such a great weekend. The Grand Slam kind of punctuated it for him. But even Friday, Coach, he got off incredible swings all day, finally got rewarded with a home run that cleared the center field wall. But you have to be pleased with the development you're seeing from Bryce. No doubt. Uh, I mean, he he was inches away from having a four home run weekend, um, which is just obviously incredible for anybody. But you know, a guy facing college pitching, you know, inside his first fifty collegiate at bats, that's pretty pretty dang impressive. So, I, you know, again, it's not a case for me for Bryce Matthews. It's not that he's hot. I, I just think he's he's that good of a player. Um, he, he's He's got a good swing um, when he's dialed into a good approach. Uh, he, he has the capabilities. Of course, nobody's going to expect him to, to hit a home run every game or drive in four or five every game, but he, he's certainly got the talent and the makeup uh, to put together quality at-bats. And uh, what you saw this weekend was just him probably walking to the plate with a little bit more confidence based on how his weekend ended at Illinois uh, and just being – that much more committed to his approach at the plate because of that and, and just being uh, not second guessing himself or, or, or caught guessing uh, at the plate. He just, 
he just went up there and did his thing. And, and, you know, he's, like I said, he's a very talented player and uh, he certainly had some uh, really big results for us. And, and when he's doing that at the bottom of the order, it becomes pretty scary, uh, you know, for our lineup. It seems like he likes those big moments. And I'm sure you've been around players either when you played or as you've coached that just seem to kind of raise their game up the bigger the moment is at the plate. Yeah, he's a guy that he never he's never scared. He's never uh, doesn't ever seem like he's nervous. Uh doesn't ever seem like um the moment is ever too big for him and I, I think you can honestly attribute a lot of that back to his days as a Texas high school quarterback where he's used to playing in front of thousands of fans and having the ball in his hands, uh, having to make plays for his team, both running the ball and throwing the ball. I, I think there's there's definitely something to that. Um, I mean, he, he's a, an all-state caliber quarterback uh, where he's had to you know run an offense that was pretty prolific. Um, you've got to have some of that in you to be able to do that. And, and certainly he showed that. And, uh, you know, he's not the only one. There's, there's other guys that have stepped in at, at a uh, young age and, and obviously contributed right away. And that's what you got to have to do that. You've got to, you've got to keep your emotions under control. You've got to have faith and belief in your ability. Certainly you got to work hard and you got to have talent. Uh, but Bryce is, uh, yeah, it's, it's been, it's been fun to watch him in those spots. On to our text line, Ron says, Hey coach, any thoughts on why the big 10 stopped reviewing controversial plays this year? Examples would be the possible home run hit by Griffin. And then the Maryland players getting hit by a pitch. Um, any ideas, thoughts? Thanks, Ron. Well, the the thing about it is, is last year we did have the replay um, for our non-conference games. We wouldn't have had it for the conference games. The only games that the Big Ten has unfortunately had uh, the replay has been the tournament here. Uh, the tournament games have, have been, you know, used to replay, but other than that, there just hasn't been it. So uh, something that we've, we've certainly talked about and, and we uh, would, would love to have, and I think it's just a case of maybe the capabilities across the league, maybe with different camera angles and those type of things uh, may not support the, the ability to have replay and, and have it at a level that uh, would be useful. Um, so, uh, certainly there's been some, some instances and I, I think the umpires would agree. They would, they would like to have the ability to go back and, and make sure they get the call right. So um, would love to have it. Uh, hopefully that's coming here in the new, in the near future. Well, the, the Griffin Everett shot fooled me. I was on the call. I thought it went out and came back into the park. What, what did you see? And then what did you, you did come out and have a conversation with the umpires. Just tell me what you saw from the third base dugout. Yeah, you know, I thought that it was kind of hard to tell right there at that part of the fence whether it actually got up and out over the the fence there uh, because it does have to clear not just a short padded wall, but it's got to clear um, that the fence that's a little bit shorter in that spot and it's got to actually get up to where those um, the tables and chairs are. It was hard to tell. I mean, he, I mean, Griff really smoked that ball and it got up there in a hurry, so. It was a little bit hard to tell uh, from our vantage point um, if that ball um, got over the fence and hit the chairs and tables and bounced back or if it hit the top of the wall. So um, I, I certainly couldn't tell uh, clearly enough uh, one way or the other. Um, and certainly the umpire that's out there in the outfield would have had a better look at it than we, we could. 
Do you see a day where the league may go to replay? I mean, there's most of these places are now getting set up where they do have video at a lot of these ballparks. Can you see a day in the near future that maybe you go to that? I think so. I think um, a lot of it is, is expense-driven. Um, and in and this past year, with, with what's happened with COVID and a lot of the budget crunches, I think didn't help matters. I think we were trending – in the direction of having replay this year, uh, but I but I think some of the budget issues probably led to that. I mean, I think we're if you'd ask the coaches in the league, they, we would be fine having it uh, at the ballparks that did support it. And if the ballpark didn't support it, then we just wouldn't have replay. Uh, but um, there's just kind of that one size fits all um, thought there, I guess, where if if, if some schools are not able to have it, then then just we won't have it at all. So uh, I do think, though, that there is a chance that we could have it maybe next year. Okay, Dennis and Lincoln on our text line on your batting order. Who do you who do you like watching the most hitting? Wow, that's a loaded oh. question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can't answer that one. Uh, I mean, honestly, whoever's up at the plate. How about that answer right there? Um, <laughs> we've got some really talented players um, and we've got guys that haven't gotten every day at bats that are very talented as well. Um, so I, I just, they all bring a different skill set to the, to the table, but what I appreciate more than anything with this entire group, and I've said it time and time again, and I'll continue to say it is just the selfless nature uh, of the team and just everybody's uh, eagerness uh, one through nine in the order guys that come off the bench um, guys that support their teammates that aren't playing, that they just they just really pull for each other, and they just want to do what's best for the team. And that it's it's honestly it's hard to find at times with with teams to have a group that that does those things. But the tone is set with with your leadership, with the the upperclassmen, how they go about it, you know what they how they um, I guess lead by example and, and by actions to the younger guys and and. Our captains have done just such an amazing job of being such good team players. A couple of football defenders met with the media after practice today, including Cam Taylor-Britt. He was talking about what he specifically is working on this spring. Just being, a, I say, you know, a, a better, mature person at that um, and as a player, uh, just getting the feel for the game itself, uh, you know, uh, as far as playing DB, you know, you have to have certain techniques and things with different wide receivers. You know, every time I get up there, I just try to, you know, work on something differently. Uh, as far as on the line, as far as pressing, uh, bailing, uh, working my hands and feet, you know, just trying to, you know, work on my, my craft and, you know, just trying to better myself every day. Cam thought long and hard about just putting his name in the draft, uh, and I think he would have been a, probably a draftable guy for Nebraska, what he put on tape last year. He talks – the media today about the decision to come back for one more year in Nebraska? I really didn't have another decision. I already knew that I would come back and, uh, you know, just try to better myself and prove to myself, you know, that I'm able to do what I'm, I'm capable of doing. Uh, so I really didn't have a decision on whether coming back or leaving. Uh, I got this, you know, a little chip on my shoulder right now. And I'll say the chip is, you know, uh, I didn't play to my ability and I know people may say that I played well and this and that but you know I feel like I got a lot more in me 
he made such big strides, Tim, from two years ago to last year. If he makes close to that this year, I mean, he could be a special player. Yeah, he's one of those guys that really bought in. You know, the the, the word culture is thrown around way too often, more more often than I'm comfortable with. But he's an example of a guy who just kind of bought in and, and put in the work. And, and, you know, he was a guy, you know, I think that you you kind of speculated this too, as, as, as did I, where you, you kind of just assumed he was done after 2020. You just kind of assumed he was going to go off to the draft. But the idea that he would come back, um, and, and I, you get the sense that it's not just to improve his draft cycle. It just seems like he genuinely enjoys putting in the work, being around the program, and just – you know, being with the guys and, and, and just, I don't know, and just, just enjoying the, the, the whole process. And, and that's exciting to see. That, that's what you need more of. You need more guys um, like Garrett Nelson, who we're going to hear from a little bit, like Taylor Britt, who just loved to be you know, at, at practice day in, day out, loved to compete. You know, that, that's what Nebraska needs more of. And so if Cam continues to, to trend in the, in the direction he was last year, uh, he, he's going to be a heck of a player to watch uh, come this fall. Now, DiCaprio Boodle did not come back, so that opposite corner is open, and there's some pretty intense competition going on there. Here's Cam talking about the competition right now in that secondary. Well, it's a lot of competition. It's, it's deep right now. You know, we have a couple guys, you know, in line right now, and they're, they're taking different reps. Uh, Coach Fish is, you know, he's on everybody's head right now, even mine. He says, you know, it's, it's not a solid spot, and I, I do understand I pay rent just like everybody else. So, you know, I have to come out here and, you know, put first my best effort. And on the other side, it's rough right now. When I say it's rough, I mean, you know, the competition there is really good, really good. And I believe the coach is going to have a hard time, you know, picking who's going to be that starter because we do have a lot of good guys. Love hearing that, right? I mean, if if it was already settled, then those guys wouldn't be pushing each other. I love hearing competition for spots. Right, and that's what you need. I mean, it's it's one of those things that it's it be, almost becomes trite because we repeat it so often, um, you know. It, but but it is true, and I think that Coach Fisher has been given a lot of props uh, this spring, really the whole time since he's been on the staff for the way he's been able to make this secondary really click. It's one of those units that always uh, has been, um, you know, performed pretty well, I think, thus far in the Frost era. And and funnily enough, and, and, and Coach Shenander, I know Cam Taylor-Brett mentioned him as well, uh, deserves a lot of credit as well. That was one of the guys who, um, in the first year, really caught a lot of grief. And I'm not really sure why. It felt like Nebraska defenses at times, the black shirts were kind of in a, a bend-don't-break mode. But you go, you go back to the Purdue game last year, something like that, where the Huskers put together a completely dominant performance. Um, even even that Iowa game, uh, you know, N- Nebraska certainly has had some issues on, on third and longs where they've gave up some plays in the secondary. You know, that, that, that has been an issue. But I, I think for the most part, Nebraska, and especially that secondary, have actually performed pretty well. So I think that's something that fans can be, can be pretty uh, assured about uh, heading into the spring and, and certainly heading into the fall. We've heard from a couple of the coaches about the ramped-up attention to special teams. Cam plays on the special teams, did a nice job in the punt return game last year. Had a couple of good punt returns in the eight Husker football games last fall. Here's his comment about special teams play looking into next year. It's a, it's a new approach, and it's, a I say, a great approach. Uh, the first day of spring ball, that was the first thing we start off. And they say, you know, uh, great teams have great special teams. And that's how you can tell about the film, as far as, you know, the field goal team and the kickoff team. And as far as, you know, our film from last year, as you look at that, 
you can tell we weren't where we were supposed to be. Uh, we didn't, you know, full speed down the field. We have different phases in the kickoff field, and we weren't doing that just well. You see, we had a return to Rutgers game, and, and we shouldn't even been fighting with that team, and we played to their level. But the special teams is, it's, they've been on us hard. I'm talking about they wanted everything full speed as far as transitioning, um, just just getting off, you know, everything. They want everything full speed, and we need to be locked in just like it's offense and defense. Special teams matters. Uh, I can't think of a better guy to ask about what he's facing in practice every day than Cam. So what about this offense that he sees day after day during these spring practices? A lot of speed, a lot, a lot of uh, deep shots. You know, we're actually running downfield and having to cover, you know, uh, it's looking good. Uh, no, we, we know we just get a push on that line. We get to run the ball downhill. You know, they can't stop us either way then, you know. There's Cam Tater-Britt talking about what he's seeing in practice every day from the offensive guys. All right, now uh, Garrett Nelson, the uh, the guy that uh, lives on monster drinks uh, from Scott's <laughs> Bluff, just full of energy, full of life. He talks about the mentality that the players have and what he's seen during spring workouts. I think it's just mentality. We're strong enough. I mean, Duvall has got us right. It's just the mentality that we've had, that the camaraderie they have built in, on offense and the whole what we do is what we play for each other. That old line loves playing with each other. That tight end play loves playing with each other. Wide receivers have improved. They all, in that whole cohesive unit, have all taken a step in that mentality to improve, and it's awesome to watch. There you go. There's Garrett Nelson talking about that. One more clip from Garrett. He's got to be coming an older guy on his team now, third year into the program. He was asked about what kind of leadership role he can have. Like I said, we feed off, feed off each other. Those guys, they run down the field all the time, and they're exhausted trying to make calls. So it's on us as, as a front seven, middle linebackers, me, Caleb, Nick, Ty. I mean, we, we, when those guys are exhausted or when, when they're having a tough time, we get it going. So we've had a, we, we have a good dynamic, but they're, they're the uh, head snake of everything. I just love watching that kid play, Tim. I he just you just know he's landed out there every time he puts his helmet on. Yeah, you know the phrase "old school." I think has been associated with Garrett Nelson uh, a little bit. I, I do. He looks like he walked out of like a 1980s high school movie uh, with that. I think the mullet probably helps with that. And in fact, and after the availability, he he kind of gave a, a nailed it, you know, and, and and walked off. I mean, he has like this this infectious energy. And I think that kind of just radiates throughout the team. It just seems like this spring, and it's been the case for a while, but but definitely this spring, the, the just the kind of mood I, I seem to be getting is just this this positivity, this mentality, competition. Um, that that that's good to see, and I think that's always been kind of the tone that that Frost and his program has tried to set. But I, I do think that now finally that seems to have kind of sunk in uh, from the new arrivals to the team to the guys that have been a while. And, yeah, it's weird to think of Garrett Nelson as one of the more experienced guys on this roster, but uh, th- that is the case. I mean, he, he's been getting reps in since he was a freshman. So uh, Garrett Nelson is a guy that, that is, is, is kind of a natural leader, and his energy and enthusiasm, I think, just rubs off on the guys around him. And, and that's, uh, it's not a bad thing that for Nebraska to have. Thanks to Tim and to Mick for being a part of this one as well tonight. Tomorrow night we'll have our volleyball show coming your way with head coach John Cook. And it's Tuesday. That means Top 10 Tuesday. Can't wait for our topic tomorrow night. And we'll have some other goodies mixed in there tomorrow as well. That'll do it for tonight. Thanks for being a part of this one. Good night. Good night.